Listening to CJLO 60:90 AM, and you are tuned into Fem AM, Concordia's only feminist talk show. And today we have a very special episode. We have some great interviews lined up because right now, happening in Montreal, is the Saint Ambroise Fringe Festival, which is a great, great festival filled with theater, filled with comedy, filled with dance. Just, just an artist's dream, really. And. Um, also at this festival, there's a lot of great feminist plays, and we want to take the opportunity to kind of showcase some here on FemAM. Yeah, so Mackenzie, have you ever seen any Fringe Festival stuff? Not yet, but I'm excited to. Yeah, so here um, we are going to be featuring two plays uh, today, and first one, um, we are joined in studio with Avery Reach, who is uh, a part of Messy Blueprints to Sexual Freedom. So thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. So um, tell us about Messy Blueprints. Give For all of us who are listening right now, give us like a synopsis of what the play is about. So Messy Blueprints is about two women who hilariously and honestly navigate what it means to be sexually free uh, from defining their vaginas, challenging their modesty. Uh, This play has no pretense, a little nonsense, and lots of laughs. (laughs) And um, you and Oprah both wrote this play, right? Yeah, we did. Uh, We started creating it together uh, back in September, and we've been drawing from personal stories and experiences to help build the show. Can you tell us what it's inspired you to write this play? Um, while we were thinking like we want to make a play what should it be about and then we both thought like a really big thing in both our lives is our sexuality and both of us feeling like what is that even? <laughs> and then trying to explore that and see I don't know what that means and where we can go like I feel like we're I'm at a time in my life where it's time to explore that. So, yeah. So, um, how long have you and Oprah been working together? This is our first show we made together. Um, We started our company, Ovary Productions, as well this year. So, yeah, it's all new, all very exciting, and all awesome. It's been a really good experience working with Oprah. And, yeah, we go to school together as well here at Concordia. So, Right on. So, um... Tell us a little bit about um, the Montreal Playwrights Workshop's Young Creators Unit. Are you so you two are involved uh, with this? Yeah. So actually, um, I started out doing it uh, before Oprah did. It is an amazing program. So it's for artists um, under thirty years old who want to workshop and create plays. Um, it's run by Jesse Stong, who is an amazing dramaturge. Um, and so he helped us kind of work on our show, give us new ideas, and every Wednesday night I'd go there and help like write and I don't know figure stuff out and it was really awesome right on so now we're actually joined in studio with Oprah hello Hi. hey <laughs> sorry there oh 
gosh, no worries, you no know worries. How the 105 can get. The 105 <laughs> is the bane of my existence. <laughs> I will be happy the day I stop taking the 105. It's just, <laughs> oh my gosh. But um, yeah, so, so far we've just been talking a little synopsis about the play and also like how it's been like working together. And uh, so I learned this is the first time you guys have been working together um, writing a play. Yes. Yeah. Um, it was the, f- well, it's not really um, the first time re- we, well, it's the first time we worked together like in a formal way because um, we've worked together before in classes um, and because we're both in theater, we, we have studio classes, we have outcomes and I've been with Avery in group projects two times and I just liked the way we worked together and like we had similar work ethics. So I was just like, hey, Avery, want to do a show with me next year? <laughs> now here we are. So tell us a little bit about um, both of your previous like playwriting experience. Like what brought you to now? And like what brought you involved in theater in the first place? Oh, um, so theater in the first place, I don't even know. I just have always loved it. I think it says in my kindergarten yearbook that I want to be an actress. So <laughs> nothing's changed. Um, I think for me, like getting into creating plays and playwriting started, I did a course, an intensive course with Bard College Berlin. I went to Berlin and we studied and saw like a show every single night. It was amazing and so inspiring. And part of that course was by the end, each kind of group created a 20 minute public performance for people to come see. And after that, I was like, I want to do more. (laughs) So the way I personally got into theater is, I had kind of like a random childhood in which my mom just put me in a bunch of activities. And one of them (laughs) one time was a theater camp for March break. And they were putting up uh, Yertle the Turtle. I got to be Yertle. Amazing. (laughs) Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. And then after that, I just kind of like, I really enjoyed my time there. And then I forgot about theater for a bit because I was when I was seven or eight years old. And then I entered middle school and then refound my love for it. And then I went to an art school. So I did, I was in their special arts program. I was in the theater section. And then throughout high school, I figured out that theater was my passion. And I decided to try out for Concordia. And then I got in, which was great. And I'm very happy about. Now, when it comes to playwriting, um, that never interested me. <laughs> um, I remember because we didn't really think we were going to create a play. We we thought we were, well, I thought that we were just going to take a play and then like direct it ourselves and like, um, and you know perform it ourselves. But then we were like, yeah, but like you know rights and everything, and we're broke students, so we can't really pay for rights. And then Avery offered. She was like, what if we created something? And I was very nervous because I was like, listen. I can act, I can direct, I can do a bit of tech, stage managing maybe, but playwriting, that really isn't my forte. She's but lying, <laughs> she's really good at it. <laughs> well, she's better at it than me, so um, I decided like, okay, why not? And she's been a wonderful guide with playwriting, and I don't know if I'm gonna do it again. Um, maybe I will but it's been a good experience right on good yeah but also never say never it's like I find when I say I'm never gonna do it again I always come back to doing (laughs) that thing that I sweepingly declared it's a slippery slope for sure yeah (laughs) so um going back to the the play like what would you say 
is the importance of doing a play like this, touching on all of these like sexual themes? Did you bring from experience? Like, how did you go about approaching writing this play? Um, we definitely went from experience for sure. Um, and I think something about creating this play was we really wanted to start a discussion because I know that I felt in my own life this was something that we never talked about like in in school and like sex education when I was younger really with my family either and I wanted to know more about it and it was the kind of thing I wanted to see on stage as well. Yeah um, part of the the research process that we went through we 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 read a bunch of plays and one of them was the vagina monologues mm -hmm. um that was when we thought we were going to 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 take a already written play and after we figured out that we wanted to write our own thing um i remember telling avery hey i'd like to stay in that that theme of not necessarily vaginas but sexuality because i know that i, I personally um had a lot of questions. I still do have a lot of questions and had a lot of like, you know, inner turmoils in regards to it. So I thought this would be the perfect place to kind of explore um, that theme and whatnot, because, you know, art is a form of expression. <laughs> and we figure and discover a bunch of wonderful things through art. So I think that's how I came about to deciding this theme, I guess. <laughs> so what would you like um, your like audience members to take away from the play for those who go to see it? I hope that after seeing our play, the audience comes out and um, kind of self-reflect on what sexuality is to them. Um, think about um, the, the we, we tackle so many themes in the realm of sexuality in our piece, and I hope that when people see it, they kind of ask themselves questions like, do I agree with what was happening on stage? Do I not agree? How do I feel about this? How do I not feel <laughs> about this? I wanted to, I personally want it to open a discussion, a safe discussion amongst people. And also, well, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for me. What about you, yeah. Avery? Yeah, adding on to that, I think, um, I hope people walk away with like a sense of connection and like warmth, you know, um, there's, I'm probably going to misquote the quote, but I've been loving this quote lately. <laughs> it's by Sark, and she goes, um, our, illusion, our illusions of separation disappear when we hear stories of another's struggles or discoveries. And I really hope that's what happens when people see our show. Yeah, that's an awesome quote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, um, just to add on to what Avery said, um, this play is very much based on, you know, our, our personal um, experiences and our discoveries. We don't want people to go see it and think like, oh, these girls have say these things about sex and like we think that we are being factual and that we wrote this Bible about sexuality. No, it's really just like... A discovery thing what we say is not fact it's opinion and personal mm -hmm. stories and we we know nothing well we know a few <laughs> things <laughs> well we know a few things but like don't don't i don't want people to go in and be like well she said this so it must be it it really isn't mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's like very much like an ongoing discovery thing and like it's probably closer to like a diary maybe almost or like an experience yes. angle yes. of it than an actual like this is everyone's experience because it isn't. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, ours is like one part of the story and there's so much more to add. So would you classify this play as a comedy? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, do you find writing comedy difficult or do you find that it comes naturally? Honestly, I think we wrote a comedy 
by accident. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, um. to a point. We started writing, and then we're like, hey, this is funny. And then we kept going from there. Yeah, I... Um, I, I like to consider myself a funny person. <laughs> so I think through our, our, our free writing and our um, writing workshops, the funny people we are, I think Avery's funny too, the funny people we are like kind of like, you know, um, presented itself into our creations. Um, there was a point actually where we forgot this piece was funny. Like sometimes um, if you guys are also creators, um, when you look at something that you've made for so long, you kind of forget that it's good or that it's funny. So once we just had like this little, um, we showed a little snippet of the play um, at Playwrights Workshop and people were laughing and we're like, oh my God, we totally forgot this play was funny. (laughs) (laughs) Now, do you feel like it's important to add humor when you're like touching on these topics? Yes, 100%. I think that humor is an amazing way to tackle subjects that sometimes people might not be as open to hearing or trying to understand without it like that's something I really enjoy about stand-up comedy they usually tackle like so many political subjects that maybe I shy away from and then all of a sudden I'm laughing be like oh I get it now like and I just think it's really awesome I agree (laughs) (laughs) I I I I do agree with, with what Avery says we sometimes it's it's better to laugh than to cry it's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Femme AM on CJLO 1690 AM. We are joined by Avery and Oprah, creators of uh, Messy Blueprints to Sexual Freedom, the fringe play going on right now. We'll be right back. You're listening to CJLO 1690 AM. Welcome back to Femme AM here on CJLO 1690, Concordia's only feminist talk show. Now, before that break, we are joined in studio with Oprah and Avery, who are the creators of a play at the St. Amboise Fringe Festival happening right now. The play is called Messy Blueprints to Sexual Freedom. Thank you again, guys, for joining us in studio. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So now I want to talk a little bit about Fringe. So is this your guys' first time involved with Fringe Festival? Uh, it's my very, very first time. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So I've done Fringe Ottawa before, but only as an actor. This was my first Fringe where I got to do so much and put on so many hats, more than just acting. Right on. So how do you feel the experience has been so far? Do you want to speak a little bit to that? It's been it's been fun. Also quite overwhelming. Also, I don't know, just wild. <laughs> like, <laughs> There's so much cool art happening and so many amazing artists like we get to connect and talk to and see some great shows and just the whole atmosphere and the people who run Fringe are so awesome. They're so supportive. Like they just want everyone to thrive and they, it's awesome. amazing. Amazing. I kind of feel like this this festival should be like a month long because yes. I agree. Yes. I, there's so many like shows happening that I don't know of, not because, you know, I'm not actively trying to seek them just they don't appear as much on my timeline as others and also yeah I just feel like it should be a longer festival and I think it's awesome how they they give a platform for for young artists as you know who don't have the means necessarily to go and put up plays at like bigger bigger um uh, 
venues? companies and venues and and whatnot. And also, it's a nice place to meet people, to meet other artists, and and to network. And it's also <laughs> fun to just go see see different types of art. Like um, I I want to go see other shows. I'm planning on seeing other shows. I've seen one so far, and that was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, the, I think Fringe is a good thing. So whoever invented Fringe in this life, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> good job, good job to them. <laughs> um, so now do you feel that, um, you touched on this a little bit, uh, but maybe Avery, you can speak on this too. So do you feel that Fringe is a positive asset for artists in Montreal? Yes, 100%. Like, like Oprah said, it's a platform for emerging artists to bring something new to the table and companies who maybe are more established but want to try something new because Fringe is a lottery. So they can't, no one can say what can and cannot be in Fringe. So whatever you want to make has a place in Fringe. And I think that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I also think it's an awesome place to kind of, um, to kind of have a glimpse of what it's like in the professional world. Because, um, you know, I'm still in university and I, I'm still like, you know, a young broke student. And, you know, sometimes you don't really, when you graduate, depending on like your experience, you don't really get to know, you don't really know how it's like in in the in the professional world, how things are done. So going through Fringe, there was a lot of things that I got to discover. I'm like, okay, now I know here's what I can do in regards to this. Here's how this works. Here's what's not to do. Here's what is to do. So I think Fringe is a good place to make some discoveries like that. Totally. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell us um, what's next for Overproductions? Ooh. Well, <laughs> we're definitely doing more. I know, Oprah, you want to speak well (laughs) (laughs) um when avery and i made this production company we told ourselves that we didn't want to be one of those production companies that like do one show and then you never hear of them again the one hit wonder yeah the one (laughs) wonder Um, not that there's anything wrong with that but we just personally don't want to do that and um i've been trying to think of ways to keep the company active and I know that I personally would really want to have a podcast it's in fact something that I'm going to be working on once um Messy Blueprints to Sexual Freedom is over um I want to um have a podcast um where I will be reviewing um movies made by women and women identifying people um I want to do that because I feel like I don't see enough of those movies so it will kind of help me to kind of go find them and go see them and give honest reviews about them and hopefully people who will listen to the podcast all five of them I hope they (laughs) (laughs) I hope that that'll intrigue them too and kind of inspire other people to go see movies made by other people than you know like straight white men <laughs> say you know see other narratives so that's what i kind of want to work on for ovary productions in the upcoming months yeah and i think also we talked about maybe uh revamping messy blueprints to sexual freedom see where it can go it's it's a run time of 35 minutes right now so or maybe make it into a full-length show or i don't know what we'll do but i know we're not done yet <laughs> <laughs> so for this run that's happening now how has the audience reaction been and also how does it feel to like be having this show do you feel vulnerable like what ha- what is your reaction to the audience and what is the audience's reaction so far that you have noticed um well for me i think i like i i feel very vulnerable still like kind of afraid all the time <laughs> but also very full um very happy um 
in terms of what I've seen from the audience, lots of smiles, lots of laughs, um, good reviews, I think. Like, I'm really feeling really loved in putting this show up. Yes, I I definitely felt more nerves doing this show more than other shows I've done before because um, as I was telling Avery a few days ago, like this is the first show where it's like I can't re- really rely on it being... Because you know when you do a play that's already written, if you choose a really good play, you can always rely on the fact that it's a well-written play. So if the acting is bad, if the set design is bad, it's like, well, at least it's a well-written play. But because we wrote it, I was like... Uh, what if people don't like this and this is horrible and we just have no taste in art? <laughs> so I felt very nervous about that. But so far, we've received um, some very positive um, reactions and responses. We had one night where it was kind of weird compared to the others because um, the audience was quieter. I think they still enjoyed it, but they were they were quieter. And I think my stage manager, who was working the boots so she could see the audience, said, it's because um, in the audience there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of men, and not that there's a bad that's a bad thing, but she was like I think they didn't know if they were allowed to laugh, and there were certain things they couldn't relate to. So, so that was an interesting thing, and I tried to not let it like um, bother me because I'm very much one of those performers where like the audience's reaction fuels me. So when I realized that that audience wasn't going to be as lively per se as the other audiences that we've had before, I was like, okay, right, that's fine, just keep keep doing what you do. <laughs> it is hard, though. Um, uh, I, you mentioned the vagina monologues earlier. Um, when I was in college, I did the vagina monologues, and there was one night um, where um, I came out on stage, and I was doing My Angry Vagina, which is, like, one that, like, has, like, a lot of audience participation. But one night, it was just dead quiet. Oh, my God. And I remember just, like, screaming on stage to, like, no reaction. And it was just, like, made me so nervous. Like, oh But, yeah, no, it's yeah. a weird feeling. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's what that's cool though about theater is you never know what's gonna happen. Every night is so exciting. Exactly, <laughs> it prepares you for every situation. Yeah. Any crazy moments happen particularly in your experience on stage? Ooh. Mm, for like this this run of Messy Blueprints, I can't, or maybe any time. I feel like there is, but I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I've totally like every like. Every show I've ever been in has always had a moment, you know, like I've never been in a show yeah. where it's like that went flawlessly the whole time, like, but it, nothing uh, specific. Crazy moments. Uh, I can't think of any. Unfortunately. <laughs> like, I don't know. They're, they're not coming to my mind. I feel like we're gonna leave here and then they're just gonna all come in. Of course, that's <laughs> we'll always the way. Call into the show and be like, "Hey, guys!" <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, do it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, is there anything else that you would like to say about Messy Blueprints that we haven't touched on, or anything else you want to let the any listeners know? Um. Well, I mean, I'm happy to tell them the showtime so they can come watch. Yes. <laughs> that was the next question. Plug okay. those details. Where can we see the show and what are the showtimes that are remaining? Uh, so you can catch the show at the Mai, Montreal, Montreal Arts Intercultural Center. So mm. that is at 3680 Jean Mals. Uh, it's tonight, Thursday the 14th at 6.30 p.m. Doors open 15 minutes before. Tomorrow, Friday the 15th at 3.45 p.m. And our last and final run is on Saturday the 16th at 10.30 p.m. Nice. 
Awesome, awesome. So yes, for anyone listening, go see Messy Blueprints to Sexual Freedom happening here at the Fringe Festival in Montreal. It sounds great. I can't wait to see it. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us in studio today. Thank Thank you you. so much for having us. (laughs) All right. So now we are going to take a quick song break. Actually, this is a request from Avery. Yes. uh, This song is actually really prominent in our show and is so inspiring, I think, for both me and Oprah. So we are happy to share it. (laughs) Amazing. So we are going to play Peaches, the Teachers of Peaches. We are going to play F the Pain Away. Yeah. And yeah, so stay tuned, stick around, because after this song break, we are bringing on Brittany, who is a part of another fringe play called Self Made Slut. So stick around, stay tuned to Femme AM here on CJLO 1690. You're listening to Femme AM on CJLO 1690 AM. We're joined in the studio now by Brittany Sweet, who um, is part performing at the Fringe Festival um, with the play Self Made Slut. Um, and yeah, today we are talking about Fringe plays. Welcome, Brittany, to the studio. Thank you. Do you want um, to kick us off? Do you want to give us a quick summary of Self Made Slut? Okay, what should I say? Um, Self-Made Slut is about an online sex worker who invites an interviewer into her room to just witness her work, and it's going to be published in like a big magazine, Um, and then things go wrong when she gets a phone call, and it's just the stigma coming up. Cool. Um, Is there any improv in this play, or is it completely scripted? It's scripted. Like, I have a script that I wrote, but... I always like change things up a bit just so it feels more natural and I get really nervous if I have to like stick to a specific script. So because it's like a one person show, I'm able to move freely in and out of like dialogue. Yeah. um, So you wrote this. uh, Did you have any collaborators or was this um, kind of your effort? Uh, Yeah, I wrote it, but I did have like lots of friends input. Um, I sent it to a lot of friends and I first performed it actually in Revolution They Wrote which mm-hmm. is a feminist short works festival here that actually started at Concordia as well. And now it happens at Mainline. And um, so when you apply there and you give them like a script that you have an idea on, and then what I applied with was not at all what I ended up coming out with because I was going to include my friend in it and I was going to include like witches and sex work and like all of these things. But then my friend didn't want to do it anymore. She did all the drawings for me for the play. But um, yeah, so Revolution, they wrote... Uh, had this workshop where everybody brought their scripts and then they all gave feedback and I felt like there was like 10 people who gave me feedback and I feel like that really really helped me develop the play. Um, Can you tell us a bit about like um, I I think the probably the word is better creator than writing as you said it was like not completely scripted Mm -hmm. Um, but what's kind of like the the process in like writing and like tackling the subject matter that you went through? Um, Well it's lots of it's based on my experiences doing online sex work and lots of it is like friends of mine um who are also like I know them from online but um sometimes I would just take dialogue straight from like our texting conversations and things like that so that was a big part of the process and um do you want to do you find that um creating something like this is a great way to like um help talk about like the stigma surrounding sex work 
Yeah, for sure. Because like I didn't when I first started doing it, I didn't know where the play was going to go because I live in such a supportive bubble here in Montreal Mm -hmm. that like I sometimes forget that there's like this stigma that exists because I can talk about it so freely. But then I came out to somebody that um, I've known for like five years and she basically was like, is somebody forcing you to do this? I can't believe you're doing this. I can't believe you didn't tell me that you were doing this. I feel like you're lying to me, which was so hurtful, but thankfully gave me the ending to my play. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, And like, I mean, your play also tackles with specifically like online sex work. Mm -hmm. And that's super relevant, especially what's what's going on with like FOSTA and such. Do you want to touch on that a little bit? Uh, SESTA and FOSTA? Yeah. Just like say what, how terrible it is. (laughs) Your thoughts go rant on it. Yeah. It's up to you. Um, I actually included like a bit of it in my play but just I just said like that SESTA and FOSTA is this very harmful bill that harms both uh, consensual sex workers and sex trafficking victims because it conflates the two and it basically drives like sex traffickers and sex trafficking victims further underground by taking their like digital blueprint off of the internet and it makes it so that um, consensual sex workers just cannot uh, screen clients anymore communicate with each other and it's just like super dangerous and it also like anybody who uses Skype for like long distance relationships algorithms take down like naked bodies and Google Drive now takes down anything with naked pictures or images so it, like it doesn't just affect sex workers it affects like everybody oh my god yeah yeah that's intense yeah um how much personal experience was put in this play like you mentioned that there's a lot of like texts and stuff mm-hmm Uh, Yeah, well, a lot of it is based on my own experiences, but the character in the play is a a mother, and I'm not a mother, but I do work with a lot of sex workers who are mothers, and I think that the idea of being a mother and a sex worker is very, like, taboo, so I was like, okay, I'll just make her a mother, because there's lots of mothers who do this. There are a lot of feminists that, like, really don't, like, see as, like, sex work as, as a feminist thing. Mm. What what would you have to say to those who criticize sex work in that way? Yeah, well, I used to have friends that say that to me. So, like, when I, when I first started, and it made me really think, and I'm like, is this anti-feminist, like, what I'm doing? I'm like, and, like, am I just, like, submitting to people and doing what they want? But I think it's, like, how can I... Um, I think people want women to be empowered, but if they're too empowered, then they're like, oh, no, 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 this is anti-feminist. You know, like if you're just sexting people or you're having sex with a bunch of people, you're so empowered. But as soon as you're charging for it, you're oppressed, which I think is pretty messed up. Yeah, no, absolutely. (laughs) Now, within the play, you said that like um, that a reporter is coming to like do a piece. Mm -hmm. Now, is this reporter coming from like a positive view of sex work or is like or is that? Am I revealing too much about no. the play? Uh, they the the reporter doesn't say anything. So basically, they're just there and they're asking me questions that I want to answer okay. for the audience. So they're they're uh, yeah they're I made them very positive. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. Um, but to an extent, um, is there also like an angle about like how it's like seen uh, sex work is seen by the media that you also examine in this play? Well, in the beginning, what I do say is I say like, I'm so flattered that you're actually asking an actual sex worker to talk about her experience in such a mainstream magazine. So that's really the only part that I touch on that. But the problem is, is that the play is only a half an hour. Mm-hmm. 
And when I first made it, I only had 20 minutes to do it. And then with Fringe, I got a half an hour slot. And I was like, oh, I'll never be able to fill a half an hour (laughs) slot. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. It's like I could do an hour. There's so much content. And like that's the main critique people have is like that that it should be longer, which is true and a good critique, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, would you say that this play is a comedy? Yeah, it is. Um, well, at least the first part of it is. Mm-hmm. And But I think that that makes it accessible for people who mm-hmm. think like, oh, sex work is this scary thing. If you can just show like the humor in it. Plus, I'm more comfortable with humor than I am with like sadness and darkness and stuff uh, for my own acting style. Um, but yeah, so it goes into humor. But then at the end, it hits you with like some reality. But I think that that makes it just more... Um, effective at the end oh absolutely um so um so do you find writing comedy an an easy thing or is it difficult for you does it require work what do you think um I think it's quite natural for me because um I don't know I like to joke around about things and my play features like lots of farts and stuff so (laughs) amazing (laughs) yeah that that is honestly like one of my biggest fetishes that I cater to so I'm like I have to put that in the play because it's so good (laughs) (laughs) right on is it time for a break commercial break we have a second beforehand. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I'm sorry, Mackenzie. Um, so maybe before we go on the commercial break, let's plug the times of your show yes. for those who are listening right now. Okay, I've got the picture up here. So it is um, my next two shows are my final shows at June 15th at 5 p.m. and June 16th at 7 p.m. at Montreal Improv Espace B, which is 3713 Saint Laurent. Right on. Awesome. So you are listening to Femme AM here on CJLO 1690 AM. We are joined in studio with Brittany from the Fringe Play Self Made Slut. So when we come back, we'll keep the conversation going, but stay tuned. You're listening to Femme AM on CJLO 1690 AM. Right now we're joined in the studio by Brittany, um, who wrote and is uh, performing in the play Self Made Slut at the St. Amboise Fringe Festival. Welcome back. Thank you. Um, how has your experience been at Fringe been so far? It's been great. At first I was a bit intimidated because it's kind of like being in high school or going to a summer camp where all of these people know each other. They've all been to so many of the same fringe festivals. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, I can't meet anybody. I'm so uncool and all these things. But then you just have to start talking and going to events and meeting people. And then I felt better after like day three. (laughs) (laughs) So have you been like going out to like the other like fringe events and like really like networking and like... Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm not so good at networking because it feels very fake or something, but yeah. I just have been going to their shows and appreciating their shows. And then there's this thing called 13th Hour that happens after yeah. where all of the artists come and you kind of do like a little skit at the end um, for like three minutes. And I did one last night, actually, which was um, I have a zine that I sell at the end of my show. And all of the proceeds go towards Shea Stella, which is an organization here in Montreal that's like run for and by sex workers. So all of the proceeds from my zine, which is about sex work, goes to Shea Stella. But um, at the 13th hour, I did a giveaway for the zine. And um, I just asked people a question. I had two people come on stage to do a competition. And I got them to guess, like, how much do I sell my panties for? <laughs> how much do I sell, like, sexting sessions for? And so that was fun. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, so... 
you have a zine. Mm-hmm. Is this like the first zine that you have made? Is it specifically yeah. for this play? Yeah, it was very much the first zine I ever made. And it, I had my friend, uh, Frances Agnetti. She um, did all of the drawings in it for me. It has like sex work history of some sex workers that I chose and different sites if you want to broadcast yourself, if you want to try it out, um, how to do your taxes when you're a sex worker and just all of these kind of things. Wow, that's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. It, will this uh, zine be available for others to purchase maybe after or? Yeah. Uh, I've sold out, but I'm just going to print some more for the last two days. Amazing. So, yeah. Perfect. Right on. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds like an amazing resource. Um, and I guess it's like probably like difficult to find information, too. No, because I'm so in it. Like, yeah. on the internet, like... I'm so in that world like the, that my Twitter feeds are filled with it and my Instagram and like on Reddit there's just so many sex work communities that it was so easy for me to fill it up. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, let's talk a little bit about Fringe. So mm-hmm. what do you have to say about Fringe? Do you feel that it's a positive asset for artists in Montreal but and is there any ways that it could be improved? Um, I'd say that, yes, it is positive, just like meeting everybody and also being able to use my artist pass to go see so many shows for free and just seeing, um, how other people are doing things. Um, one thing though is like, it does cost a lot of money to do it and I'm like, maybe, maybe I'll break even. So there's that, but, um, I don't think anything can be done about that other than just, I don't know, more promotion to get people into the seats, even though I know they do a lot. Do you do tip the fringe? Yeah. 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 So for anyone listening, bring some change and tip the fringe. Yeah. Because the fringe actually doesn't get like I get paid. I had to pay to get my venue and then pay for all my promo stuff. Um, But I think that fringe doesn't get paid for any of the tickets that I get. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, um, yeah. Is there anything else you want to ask Mackenzie? Um. Well, is there anything that we haven't touched on yet that you want to say about Self-Made Slut? Um, that I want to say that everybody should come see it if you want to learn a little lesson or if you want to be affirmed and if you're a sex worker and just see another story that's sort of like your own, then you should come see it. Oh, um, for those who like have seen it, how has the audience reaction been so far? Uh, yeah, people, uh, people laugh. Um, when I did it at Revolution, they wrote, there were, it's like, I was basically preaching to the choir there, people who were sex workers or just very much uh, informed in that regard. So there was like lots of snaps and lots of responses like that during the play where this one, like people laugh. And then one night, as they were saying before as well, like there's a really silent night and I'm like, am I not doing good? Am I not funny? And like trying to like really just like amp it up. But I think, yeah, sometimes people just don't know if they're supposed to laugh and things like this. But um, yeah, I I think most people have really, uh, really appreciated it. They've just wanted it longer and, but. Right on. That's amazing criticism yeah, for them to say, yeah. be like, I want more. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Are there uh, any other plays at Fringe that you've seen right now that you really appreciated? Uh, yes. Um, I have saw, uh, is that how clowns have sex? Oh, I want to see yeah. it on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Um, and then Messy Blueprints, I do want to see. I think it's on my list tonight. And then... Uh, Kate Hammer wants to be infamous. Uh, I've heard a lot about that one. And Giant and Angry. Yes. That's also on my list. Mm-hmm. And Maxine Sigalowitz, who's doing uh, Dark Side of the Moon. It keeps getting sold out. I know. Like, I want to see that one. And Greasy, of course. Yes. Yes. Which Greasy. is a lesbian love story. Greasy was amazing. That's oh, you one, saw it as well. That's one that I like. I like 
push myself to go see. And yes, it is definitely a good one. Yeah. 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 Very fun. I just love being in Cafe Cleopatra. Yeah. And like, yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. They do. They have such fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So now is there anything like that you haven't had any like negative experience with audience like in like this run or your previous run? Is there anything that like if you is there anything that you would want an audience member not to do that you have encountered or? Um no, I think that sometimes people think that like we've just had like a moment with each other and that because I'm like very vulnerable up on stage, I'm kind of naked and sometimes my, my boobs do pop out. So it's like some, somebody made a comment about my boobs being like, oh, you have very nice boobs. I'm like, thanks. But like, yeah. <laughs> we're like, we, we don't know each other. You maybe felt like we know each other because we just did this thing. But <laughs> <laughs> now um, with like, um, so a lot of the sex work that you have done has been online. Yeah. Do you find it's like a whole different experience? experience to like present yourself in this way in front of a live audience um well I did go to theater school and I do I do film a lot of like custom clips for people where I'm acting mm -hmm. so I, it doesn't really feel that different and I'm able to like I didn't even have to I do go into character sometime of like like a sexy mom or whatever when I'm doing a kick session with somebody or like a big huge giant test like when I'm talking about fetishes and I didn't even have to practice the uh, the character change just because I'm so used to doing it for like five years with this work. <laughs> right on, right mm -hmm. on. Awesome. All right. So now I know that you said this already, but let's plug your details again for anyone yes. who has just yes. tuned in. So where can we see Self Made Slut? You can see it at Montreal Improv Espace B on 3713 Saint Laurent Boulevard, uh, June 15th from 5 p.m. At, at 5 p.m. and June 16th at 7 p.m. Um, and my friend Frances and Yeti, uh, she made the uh, she made the drawing with watercolor. I'll show you. It's this one. Oh, yeah, that's she did awesome. a really good job. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> my partner Brett heated all of the sound for me in the play. So amazing. So say thank you to him as well. That's awesome. So what's next after this? So what what are you going to mm -hmm. be focusing on after the fringe is over? Uh, well, I'm actually going to meet all of the women that I work with online. We're going to uh, be going to New York and we're renting this big, huge Airbnb. And I'm wow. meeting like 21 of them for the first time. Oh and I'm going to show them all my, the play. And like they're like very much in my play. They're a supportive community. So I'm going to show all of them that. And then next year, I'll be in school mm -hmm. doing drama therapy here. And then um, hopefully I will have time to maybe expand this into a longer play for the next fringes if I can also save the money to apply to all of the fringes. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, good luck with the rest of the run. Good luck mm -hmm. with all of your future endeavors. And thank you so much for joining us in studio today. Thank you. Yeah, so for <laughs> anyone listening, um, please go see Self-Made Slut at the St. Amois Fringe Festival. Do it. It's good for you. But uh, actually, we're going to end with a song, a request of yours. Yes. Yes. Um, I love this song. I haven't heard it in ages. I, we were kind of like trying to figure out the name of it earlier. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're going to kick things, uh, I guess end things, with None of Your Business by Salt and Peppa. So you have been listening to Feb AM here on CGLO 1690 AM, Concordia's only feminist talk show. So until next week, goodbye. What's the matter with your life? Why you gotta mess with mine? Don't keep sweating what I do Cause I'm gonna be just fine Check it out If I wanna take a guy Home with me tonight It's none of your business And if she wanna be a freak And sell it on a weekend It's none of your business Now you shouldn't even
you are. Put